When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Hale Varsity Radio. It is spring game eve. Great to be with you here from the single barrel inside the graduate. It is going to be a ton of fun tomorrow, and uh, we are here to get things kicked off. Nebraska baseball over at Haymarket at 630. That means you need to get yourself a steak, a burger, a whiskey, a bourbon, a beer, or just a glass of water. Watch a little Masters and uh, get going. We are streaming here on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter handle, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, we are open for business here at the Single Barrel and uh, invite you down. The uh, The top uh, golf simulators are uh, awesome, so if you want to get out of the wind and swing away, by all means, numbers to get in, 466 5865. You can find us on Twitter at Hale Varsity at ESPN Lincoln. Give the mustached man Elijah Herbal a follow at Herbal Essence. Chris Schmidt, that is me, at Schmidt underscore radio. We'll check in a little offense, defense, keeping with the spring game theme. Jay Moore coming up in 15 minutes. Husker, black shirt NFL uh, veteran and of course, uh, part of Big Red Wrap-Up, Jay Bird in about 20 minutes or so. In hour two, Bill Dolman is on a bourbon tour that could make uh, hilarity ensue. We shall see what shape the Pride of Fairberry's in at five. He'll join us. And then Jeremiah Searles, part of the network, and uh, standout Husker, get his take on the O-line. Elijah, keeping with your offensive line roots, you are sleeveless today, but you're indoors how you feeling here as we get kickoff near a little less, uh, well, well, less than 24 hours away? I'm feeling great. I actually have a uh, a, a jacket behind me. It was I, I wore a jacket in, but oh. the time I get into this studio, we've mentioned before this this like control room studio in here is like 800 degrees. So the jacket came off about one of the the, the first things I did whenever I got in here, and uh, I'm feeling quite nice. I'm showing off the, the little umpire's tan I got going. If you're checking out on the live stream, I just look <laughs> white as hell, and that's because we got the window open. It's just. Not great lighting conditions. You could see the tan going, though, if I was in better lighting conditions. But you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that you can get down to uh, the single barrel and check out their uh, their golf simulators, get out of the wind. And made me think, I'm sure the guys that are playing Augusta today would like to get out of the wind and swing away as opposed to the, those conditions it they have is, to play in today. It has been nothing but brutal. Mother Nature said, here's the middle finger and here's another with, uh, with golf conditions <laughs> at Augusta. I know they've had storms down there in the uh, the great state of Georgia, leading up to the Masters, but man, it it is just no good. And I know Tiger's fighting like heck. Uh, he's fine. He'll make the cut, but uh, 
it's been difficult. Scheffler right now is minus four through ten. Schwartzel is minus three. His round is done. Sunjay is plus two uh, for today, but minus three overall. And then Varner uh, is uh, minus two, finished at one under today as we kind of scroll through. Dustin Johnson uh, is in a pack of many that are tied for fifth at minus two. And DJ was plus one today, finished with a uh, a 73, uh, shot a 69. Morikawa is minus one. And Tiger right now is able to battle back at last check for, for uh, just – one over. He had been three over. Finau right now is even, tied for 15th. Uh, but Tiger's bogeyed a few today. He's uh, plus three right now, tied for 37th. And uh, today is, well, it's not one of his best days, but it's it's been difficult right now for, for Tiger as uh, he is on the 13th right now. Uh, back-to-back bogeys on 11 and 12 after uh, a birdie to start off the back nine. Well, he's, he's starting to move into that, that cut territory where he's in danger because it's looking like the, the cut's either going to be at, at plus three or plus four today, uh, depending. It's the, the top 50 guys plus ties getting in. So Tiger's starting to, to eke down towards that line. But the surprise of the day for me has been uh, Cameron Smith at the top of the leaderboard yesterday. He's plus four on the day and back to even. Uh, hasn't been the day he's been looking for, and it's looking like uh, Schwartzel and Lowry's uh, three under on the day is probably going to be the, the two high scores, which is just uh, pretty incredible that we might be going to a uh, weekend at the Masters with the best score being, what, three or four under? That might be the best? Yeah, that with Mother Nature being what it is with the wind conditions. I mean, Tiger's uh, front nine, a, a bogey on one, a bogey on three, a bogey on four and five. So uh, of his first four holes, four out of uh, of his first five, four out of the five, he bogeyed. He turned it around and birdied at eight, birdied at ten, but then he's bogeyed again. So uh, he is entering Schmidt territory. Now, the difference <laughs> being mine are double bogeys. His are bogeys, but he's working on six bogeys on the round today. Let's hope selfishly that he can find it, make the cut, and put a run together and at least finish things out. Spring game on our mind, though. Husker baseball on our mind. As uh, the Big Red get into action, we'll, we'll dive in there in a little bit as Jackson Jelkin, no longer part of Nebraska baseball, record was 1-1. One and one, and uh, very good ERA. And, and the way he was kind of maneuvering, at least on the mound, a guy that you could think about towards the end of this season a guy you could think about for for part of next season as being a, a weekend option we'll get more into baseball but want to talk spring football as we start out and uh, this is a two-fold weekend one it is all about the showcase and the visitors a few of the kids that were are in town and we're milling around the lobby here uh inside uh, the graduate so this is a great showcase for for kids to come visit and stay obviously the single barrel incredible food but uh so a showcase and sell what uh, nebraska is uh that's job number one and two and three this weekend with a lot of the coaches but the on-field product so important to get up to that seven win or better number even six will get you to postseason but seven or better could uh, could help kind of reunite the fan base, reinvigorate the fan base, 
and it's going to take practice and more practice and development for the team to continue to gel. The uh, exclamation point, at least for this second mile marker, winter conditioning, spring football, summer, and then, of course, fall camp into the season. Uh, Elijah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see in this format where it's defense versus offense, offense versus defense, to see ones versus ones, to see ones versus twos on the lines of scrimmage. I think a, a guy like Casey Thompson is the focal point, clearly. Some of the new offensive guys are uh, going to uh, have a chance to show their special talent. But when push comes to shove, what's Nebraska look like running the football on first down? What's the defense look like stopping the run on first down in this scrimmage? And what is it going to be like when it is third and you know it's coming, right, for both sides of the football, running it and stopping the run? New faces on both lines of scrimmage, and that's where I'm anxious to see some guys step up, get comfortable in this setting, and, uh, and really grow. And if it's, if it's offense versus defense, I am really hoping that we get some ones versus some ones, some twos versus some twos, even if it's just in, in limited snaps. Those ones versus ones battles is something I feel like we haven't seen much of during the Scott Frost era where it really seems like it's a lot of that one offense going up against a mix of the, the twos, maybe a couple threes, maybe a, a, a one or two guys from that one group, and they, they mix things around. I'm really hoping we get an actual look at this is what the ones are so far through spring ball. This is who we're liking, and this is what our one offense looks like let's get those guys a series against each other and see what happens even if it's just that small of quantity that's what I'm hoping to see but even if we we don't get that I I think it'll just be good to see I mean we've heard uh, so much during spring ball about how much it's been back and forth where one day the offense is the uh, the side that's winning and another side the the defense uh, is the side that's going to be winning the scrimmage and I'm really just excited to see how true do we think that actually is based on what we see from the offense and what we see from the defense or are we seeing the offense winning because the defense is down a couple guys or are we really seeing a a different revamped offense who is winning with new players with new schemes and, and whatnot that's what I'm looking for. Well, we'll get the uh, lowdown on the offensive line from Jeremiah Searles next hour. Jay Moore in 10 minutes on the defensive line. And uh, the Masters, we're down here at the single barrel. You're invited out. You have dinner plans. If the answer is no, get on down here. Get yourself a steak ordered. I tweeted out a picture at Schmidt underscore radio of the butcher's board. And uh, that is a couple of steaks. That is their brisket. That is their sausage. That is... Their slab of ribs, it is so good. I mean, you're if you're a Nebraskan or you're bringing somebody to introduce them to Nebraska and you're a carnivore like most of us <laughs> and many of us in this state, you got to do it uh, because uh, it's, it's second nature that you expect amazing steak and beef, and this is the place for it here at the Single Barrel. So some news and notes as we look towards tomorrow. One, Casey Thompson is the guy – monster shocker here on this take but the reality is this elijah he's not been pushed really okay and that's not his fault that's just how things have gone spring wise because you bring him in he's experienced you know he can sling the pill around what is tomorrow going to look like for smothers uh when he has an opportunity to to throw the football and run the offense he's your most experienced guy taking snaps four quarters against iowa Smothers is a guy that is going to keep battling and battling and battling, and and we'll see what he looks like tomorrow. It's not a, a determination, mind you, but where 
where's he come when it comes to throwing the football in this offense with a new OC where it's going to be a controlled passing attack? Can he be a viable option in this offense versus an athlete throwing the football? Uh, and I think he's a gamer. I think he finds ways to get things done. He's a good football player. Chubba Purdy, it's not that he hasn't participated, but he's been limited, right, because the foot issues. Watch Heinrich Harburg tomorrow, mm. right? To me, tomorrow, as much as, as, as we all want to watch Casey Thompson with his new teammates in this new environment, what is, is Heinrich Harburg? I mean, is Nebraska – you know, what does Whipple and Nebraska have on Harburg? They still have high school film. They don't have any game film. So if you're Nebraska, are you tempted to let it be more of a uh, partial contact situation to see how Harburg reacts to live bullets? Uh, he's healed up. His finger is better. He's 6'5". He's a, a, a brutish, tough dude from Kearney. Let's see him operate under center with his athleticism in this Whipple offense against the ones or the twos. Don't set him up for failure, mind you, with uh, a a tough offensive line. Put him in with the ones or who you've deemed a one, and let's see how he runs things. Because he is a high-profile get. He's a guy that a a lot of programs around the country looked at. Some offered, obviously. Nebraska got him. Let's see what Harburg can do tomorrow in this setting, in this offense. So uh, let's let's keep an eye on Harburg tomorrow. Thompson's the name, yes, but Harburg could be the story tomorrow uh, about 5 o'clock or so when you're pouring your first or 13th beer, depending on how you get down. Yeah, Harburg's been a guy that I would argue uh, it was him and Yant, I think, that people really liked watching at the spring game last year, where Yant gave some hard runs, especially once it went from the the tag-off period to an actual full contact period, once that third quarter, quote-unquote, started. Uh, Yant looked really good, and and then Harburg made some impressive-looking throws. Didn't seem like he had a full grasp of the offense last season, Uh, but he He made some... He made plays, didn't he? He he went out and made plays and made some throws where he went, man, that kid's got some arm talent, so we'll see what a year of development looked like, because we didn't really get to see him during the fall last uh, year at all. So, after a year of development, does he look any bit any better? Does he look any more polished, or, or is there going to be another learning curve, learning a new offense for a guy like Heinrich Harburg? Well, everyone's at that that start that starting line equal because it is a new offense. It's a new offensive coordinator. It's a new O line coach. It's a new receiver coach. It's a new running back coach. So you're blending this this Frost offense with uh, a bit of a West Coast uh, setup where it's it's about balance. On the offensive line, we know that, listen, you're down uh, Teddy Prohaska. You're down, uh, of course, uh, Turner Corcoran. Fine. But where are you at guard? And I think one guy that we talked to during the, uh, the recruiting period, Kevin Williams, the Omaha North transfer, uh, he is out of northern Colorado. He transferred back into Nebraska. He is focused about getting to the next level. I think he has done a nice job, at least what I've been told, of pushing Nuri. So you have two options there. You have Nuri. You have Williams. Both guys are going to do their best. Nuri's doing his best to keep the job. Kevin Williams has really come on, and I think you could see some good work by him. And then at the other guard spot, you got Lutowski. And, of course, uh, Elijah, you have at center, Hickson. And, uh, of course, Piper. Those are the two guys that we're hearing a lot about at center. And we'll see, depending on 
what can happen with Bryce Benhart? What does he continue to improve and develop? Is is he a, a new man at right tackle? Which means you could theoretically move Turner to center. Where, where does that shake out? Along with, of course, Schwartz, the Oklahoma State transfer. So, uh, some mixing and matching to do once everybody gets healthy. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, maybe not that much of a limb, and say the, the offensive line that we see tomorrow is not going to look very much like the offensive different. line we see in the fall. Uh, in terms of position switches, in terms of the groupings of guys who are together, uh, I think that you shouldn't be reading too far into how the offensive line looks tomorrow uh, to get a gauge of how it's going to look in the fall because there is a lot of, a lot of moving pieces on the offensive line, a lot of pieces to be added back in that's going to shake up the whole offensive line. Well, we're down here at the Single Barrel. You're invited down. Come on and see us here 4 to 6 tomorrow, weekend edition. Get your breakfast game going from 9.30 to 11.30 before kickoff. Get a Bloody Mary, but get a bourbon first and a big old steak tonight. Single Barrel, we're here 4 to 6. Jay Moore is next. Hail Varsity Roadshow Friday. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big run, and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt, Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's uh, spring game eve. We're down here on the road at the single barrel inside the graduate 4-6. to six. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Defensive end, Jay Moore, and co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. He is in hog heaven. It's football and golf all in one weekend. Jay Bird, you doing well, man? Good to spend time with you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing excellent, man. I, uh, everything's, everything's good. Family's good. The weather could be a little better around here <laughs> to help out my golf game. But uh, other than that, there's uh, it's no complaints, man. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, Masters week is... Uh, is by far my favorite favorite week of the year. Uh, you know, yesterday was like a kid on Christmas morning. So I get we get three more days of of uh, wonderful golf. I will get into some heavy football. You've been down to Augusta, so you know the terrain. What did yesterday's opening round one under say to you about Tiger? First and foremost, were you surprised? Not surprised? How did you process? That magic, and I know he's tenth, but man, it was it was incredible. I mean, no, it's it's absolutely incredible. It's he's a freak of nature. I know. I mean, let's be honest. The guy has unlimited funds, so he can do anything imaginable to get your body ready. You know, we're talking, you know, IV treatments. You know, all sorts of crazy stuff, right? I mean, blood platelet stuff. You know. He, all sorts of he can he can empty the kitchen cabinet, right, and 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 uh, and do all the treatments he possibly can to get his body ready to play and get his leg. I mean, it's nuts. Two years, well, I don't know if it was two years ago yet, but um, February. You know, he almost yeah, he almost lost his leg. So, and the fact that you know it was was a the talk was he wasn't even going to like play golf. It was just like is he able to be able to like function as a human being like a normal be a father. Right, and now he's out there competing in the Masters, and he looks—I mean, he looked fantastic. I, I mean, he was solid. I mean, the guy hadn't played any competitive golf in over 500 days, so um, he showed a little bit of rust on on eight yesterday, where he where he bogeyed that, where he was just in front of the green. He probably had—I don't know—I 
40, 50 yards out. And, you know, that was probably the only really sign of rust. But his touch around the greens was, was good. His putting was, was spot on. Ball striking was really good. So, obviously really impressed. And I, I, I think Vegas had the over-under opening round at 74 and a half. And the guy goes out and shoots 71 and just, you know, we'll see what happens. The biggest thing is, you know, what happens today and, and tomorrow and, and so on. Uh, just with the, with his, the stamina, right? I mean, that, that's a very hilly place, and just keeping his stamina will be will be the biggest test for him. Is that a good sign that he was driving it as long as he was on seventeen, or do you think the cumulative effects are going to take hold? You're right on about the you know the the uh, the, the never ending piggy bank for Tiger, but that said, I mean, he, lots of ice last night. As we talk, uh, he hasn't teed off yet. So, you know, I mean, what's I based on day one, I think we expect him to make the cut, don't we? Oh, for sure. And I think, you know, today I think it's going to be the toughest day. Mm-hmm. You know, probably out of all four days with the win, they're talking 20 to 25 mile hour gust. So that's going to be that's going to be a test. And so. The nice thing is, is he knows that place better than everyone. Obviously, he has five green jackets, so so his knowledge of where to miss with the wind, and everything like that, is is going to be impeccable today. So that that's definitely an advantage for him. And just like I said, the stamina is, is just how, how he's going to feel. Like and it, like we talk about the leg, right? Mm-hmm. His right leg, but the guy's had I don't know how many back surgeries, so it's a little chilly, you know, just being loose. And I, I mean, I know how it feels when. When it's chilly out and I'm trying to play golf, I feel like, you know, uh, a wooden, you know, a, a stick figure. Like, I just can't move. And, and you know, so that, that could be – that could hurt him as well. But I'm sure, like, he's going to do everything possible to get himself ready. And if, if his stamina's there, the guy's going to compete. He's going to be there. He just will be. Because if, if he feels good, he's going he's, he's gonna to be there. That place just brings the best out of him. So, it's just – it's pretty fun to watch. He's back in Tiger form. Did you see the uh, the posting by Barstool? There was a live mic caught Tiger. <laughs> this is when he, he he was it was an approach shot and it was just on the fringe of the green and I forget what hole, but the ball rolled down and he and he yeah. pretty much told the ball to f off. It was it was priceless. Like he's in yeah, a crowd of people. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah but I was on that was on ten, I believe. He had a really good shot right at it, and I think he had like a you know a seven iron, and you really don't spin seven irons off the green. And I know there's a little bit of a false front there on ten, but I'm pretty sure that was the hole. And yeah, <laughs> you could I could read his lips. I saw it in live coverage. I'd, I'd have been pissed off too because that was a hell of a shot. Oh, he, I've been real pissed. The audio is beautiful. He's like, oh bleep yeah. you. It's pretty yeah. good. Jay Moore's with yeah. us, black shirt Husker NFL or golf aficionado. How was Zona, man? Talked to Barney yesterday. He said that uh, you were swinging the clubs down in the desert. How'd it go? It was good. Yeah, uh, Arizona was great. I was I was supposed to be down there last week too to play at Whisper Rock, but unfortunately my grandma uh, passed away. So I, I had to call. So the, sorry. So the, sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's no, thank you. It was uh, we we knew it was coming, and she was ready to go. So mm-hmm. um, she's happy. She's happy up in heaven. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, so we had to call that one off. But Arizona was great, man. I love Arizona golf, and anytime you can go and play Whisper Rock, where where Coach Barnett's a member at down there, you know, I didn't I didn't get a chance to see him. Uh, I don't think he was at the course that day, but I was there, and 
played with uh, a Lincoln native that's a member down there and was very gracious to host me. So, yeah, I love it down there. I, and the, the weather is just, I mean, you can't beat 75 and 80 degrees every day and sunny and light winds. It's just, you're just like golfing in a dome. It's, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty. Have you had a chance to swing the clubs with Whipple yet? I haven't. I haven't. I've heard. I heard he is quite he the golfer. It. He loves uh, it. Yeah. So I hope. I hope. I hope to play. Uh, I've talked to Dawson and in uh, Chenander about Whipple and his and his game. So I believe he's going to join Firethorn like most of the coaches that uh, that are uh, that are here. They're all out of Firethorn, so I, I think he'll be out there playing. So I'd love to get in those pockets a little bit if I could. <laughs> well. <laughs> Would they? Let me ask you this: Have you have you played and 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 uh, won money from coaches before, or is that just old hat for you? Uh oh, no, I've won money from coaches before. Oh yeah, oh for sure. Like where everyone's competitive. Like everyone, for me, I just like I have a hard time just going out and just playing. Sure. Like my mind just kind of like I just start doing dumb stuff. Like I need something to keep my attention. So like. You got that bragging rights. I just can't go out there and, you know, I guess you could say, I oh, will just play for your score, but that's kind of like, it's nice to, you know, whether it's a Venmo transaction or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, it's whether it's five, 10, 20, a hundred bucks, whatever it is. So, and, and all, you know, the coaches are competitive as well. They want, they want some action too. And, and then they're, 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 they're very, you know, you see their negotiating skills and how many shots they want. So <laughs> that's, uh, it's fun, man. It's, it's golf, golf and uh, gambling. You got, it's, uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Man, you factor in the, uh, the the old occasional Red Bull vodka. I mean, it's it's the trifecta. So, well, yes, good, yes, good golf, golf, gambling, drinking. It's, that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's, that's the perfect trifecta. Uh, Jay Moore is with us. Jay, we'll get to Nebraska football. And what what does progress look like to you for Nebraska football tomorrow for the spring game? Yeah, it's gonna be hard to measure because it's a glorified practice. And I know it's going to be really vanilla, and and they should keep it vanilla because they don't. I mean, when they get when Northwestern they play Northwestern um, in late August, you know it's going to be. I'm sure Northwestern is not going to be watching Nebraska's offensive film from last year. They're probably going to be watching Pitt's film, right? You know, and and, and seeing what they're doing. So that's there's an element of surprise there. So I, I'm, it'll be super, you know vanilla. Might I just hope everyone stays healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you you hate to lose guys. I know there's been some attrition this year during spring ball. Um, guys getting dinged up. So I, I hope uh, guys just stay healthy. And it's you know, just want to see you know, crisp. You know, just in and out of the huddle fast. You know, you have people know what they're doing. You know, you're making the easy things look easy, right? You're making the easy catches, the easy passes. You know, and and just doing the the little things right. And I know it's hard to know exactly what the little things are during during a, a, a scrimmage but that's that's the main thing you know it's that's just keeping it you know keeping it simple doing the little things right because that's what nebraska just hasn't done in the last hell decade and even when since scott's been here they, they they struggled doing the little things right making the easy plays look easy and uh, they need to they need to be more efficient and, and they need to capitalize on those opportunities when they get them so i like i said super vanilla but just, just make it uh, be very efficient. Keep everyone healthy, and and then get out of there and and get into uh, you know finish out the semester and get into summer conditioning and get ready to rock and roll to hopefully get this thing going in the right direction. 
Jay Moore's with us. Hail Varsity Radio Spring Game Preview. Uh, we're down here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. Jay, uh, a thought with what you may or may not have seen. Have you had a chance to see much practice or no? You know, I haven't. I I was invited to come down on Monday, this Monday, and um, you're busy. I just, I, I'm busy. It's hard to get down in the mornings, and I got a new. I've started a new job, so mm-hmm. um, I got to kind of commit there, and and it's just it's tough. And uh, you know, just all the studying I have to do, so it's it's tough. I I, I wish I could get down there, and I I'll do my do my best maybe this fall to catch some fall camp ones, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and get down there and just see the guys and and uh, show my support. Uh, so no, I haven't. I wish I like I said I was invited to, but I just would have loved to. It just it's just hard. It's it's tough. Well, you know, let, you let me ask at eight you, o'clock in the morning. No, let me ask you this. What's the word around and amongst former guys that you bump into? I mean, are they liking what they're seeing? Are they optimistic with the lines of scrimmage? I mean, how's that feel? Yeah, I've, I've asked around, and, you know, I, I do know they're, you know, talked to Jason Peter the other day, and he, I go, how's things been going? Because obviously he's down there a lot, and, mm-hmm. you know, the guys are competing. You know, that's, he's like, one thing, they're, everyone's competing, and that's good. That's 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 one of the main things all you can ask for guys to do is compete, you know, get better and compete every day. So that's that's nice to hear. It's just, again, it, just taking care of the little things, doing little things. That comes from Scott on down to to a staff, uh, mm-hmm. taking care of the little things and doing those little things right. But yeah, they're competing. You know, I, I know I know the D line's a little thin right now. I, I know they're trying to figure out the pieces for the offensive line, but in. That's that's very nice to hear that they're competing, you know, and whether that's going to equal, you know, a few more wins, I don't know. I I, I wish that does that would equal some more wins, but I sure as hell know it's it's not going to hurt them that much. So it's that's that's good to hear that uh, they're that they're working hard and, and and competing. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore is with us. Jay will get you out here shortly the defensive line is is your area expertise you're one of the, the the leading tfl sack guys in nebraska history and you know we've we've talked a lot about ty robinson and his role and you have nash and you have weaver that's just a mountain buckley and black and feast i mean those are the names that it's it's their time to to get some some reps. I mean, we're talking 400 plus reps this spring per Ty Robinson. What what is it going to take? Is it a matter of confidence or understanding or just doing it to go from that sometimes guy to an all the time guy? And Dawson touched on that this spring. It's about role, role development, and and you know it well because you went through it yourself. It's hard. You you got to get the reps. You got to get the reps. Uh, in practice and in good on good reps and you know and breaking it down to where understanding what you're doing against certain blocking schemes and and really understanding why the offensive line's coming at you the way they are to so you can counter what they're doing and but also playing within the defense understanding you know where where your linebackers and your other D linemen are next to you they expect you to be so because you know you can't ever no one you know you can't uh, if you're out of your gap I mean that's 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 touchdowns and in the division one, you know, and big 10 football. So you have to be, you have to be keyed in. And I think the, the biggest thing is for when guys start playing more is 
you know, it's the stamina and how does your brain work and think when you're tired and developing a system to remind yourself of your roles and listen for checks. And, you know, cause when certain calls are coming in as a defense, you know, if they, they switch to a different formation or, you know, a motion to a different formation, you, you might have to, you might have to move over, you know, a gap or two or, or whatever, or widen yourself out or do something. And when you're tired, your ears, you know, don't like to listen too much, and you like to you, you just ha- you just naturally tune people out because you're tired. So I think that's the biggest thing for these young guys is learn how to play tired because, you know, you just get tired. You just I mean, you can be in the best shape in the world, but I, when you're when you're wrestling with 350 pounders every rep, it's just you get tired. And I know they shuffle you in and out, but I think that the young players uh, to develop well, you have to when you start. You know, you might you might play 10 to 20 snaps in a game. I mean, you're not, you're not tired. All of a sudden you start getting to the fifties and sixties, mm. you you're getting gassed in the third and fourth quarter. And you got to learn to, you know, slow your brain down and, and slow your breathing down to, to play tired. So I think that's, that's the biggest thing for these, for these young guys to develop is, is just learning how to play tired period. Jay Moore with us. Hail varsity radio. Oshawn Mathis, a big target on campus. Jay, he's a portal kid out of TCU would be a monster get. I know Texas is in the running along with some other big dogs, but uh, that that's what's missing. Correct? It's not that Nebraska can't have a you know a high single or or double digit sack guy in in Garrett or Tanner, but if you were to get a guy like Mathis, that could really kind of flip the defense in a good way, couldn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, you have an edge guy, and you know. He possesses some Randy Gregory like skills and kind of built and has the same kind of frame and stuff. So that uh, you know, we really haven't had a, a a solid edge guy that you know that can get you. He's going to be there every every play or every passing down for the most part, unless you know your these offensive lines are in are sliding protections and you know keeping a tight end in the block means you getting doubled. But that's 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 the beauty of it though. When you get a, a, an edge guy that just scares the living crap out of the offenses. <laughs> Is is you, you you free up other people, right? And you can you have other you know all of a sudden Caleb Tanner will benefit you know um, the other D linemen interior guys will benefit because they're just you have to put two guys on a on, potentially on a guy like that and that that keeps that helps your secondary because all of a sudden they're keeping backs and and tight ends into block. That's one that's one or two less guys that they have to worry about covering too. So that's it's it's a game changer if they can get them and hopefully. Nelson and, and, and the, the other guys are developing and, and becoming just learning, you know, just to be a little better on the edge. You know, they've all gotten better, you know, Nelson and, and, and Tanner, but developing the, you know, one more maybe pass rush or just flipping your hips a little quicker or, you know, reading the sets, you know, really quick, uh, quicker, you know, and, and communicating to your, into your guys a little better so you can develop a better pass rush. So it's – and, that, and then if you get a guy like that too, I mean, he's going to make Tanner and, and Nelson better because they, you know what, they don't want their spot taken, mm-hmm. so they're going to compete even harder. So it's it's a it's a thing of beauty. Jay, we'll see you soon, bud. Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Smitty. Good to spend time with Jay Moore down here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Tigers on the Tube, and uh, a uh, cold beer is waiting for you, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we'll spend some time with Searles next hour. Bill Dolman in Lexington, Kentucky. I don't know if he's doing research or not, but uh, he'll uh, check in on the spring ball. Tiger for the putt right now from about eight feet. Waves to the crowd. The cut line right now 
at plus four. Tiger is at plus two. Uh, Mitch, make that uh, plus one now. That plus one back to back birdies for Tiger as he is headed to, to 15. Here he comes. So we kind of wrapped up our chat with Jay Moore uh, when it comes to this weekend being about the atmosphere, about showcase. O'Shawn Mathis, the big time TCU target. Can Nebraska impress him, his family, his mother? and get a big-time pass rusher here, Josh Manning, uh, a wide receiver, Braden Marshall, Lee. That's Kyan Lee and Khalil Tate along with Curly Reed. Can you reload some of those secondary positions for 2023? Uh, Edge targets uh, Maverick Noonan, Tatum Tuioti, Trey Wilson uh, are there, and a couple of linebackers, Barrett Root will be no doubt working on Picotti and, and Aguiar. So you have Mathis as as A and your other A. It's not one A. Your other A is Dylan Riola. Elijah, what'd you think of Nebraska tweeting out Nebraska football Twitter tweeting out the picture of old uh, Uncle? Uh, I shouldn't say Uncle, but uh, but Papa Bear uh, Dominic Riola just murdering somebody on the line of scrimmage to to all of Twitter Nation. Hey, welcome back home. Dad, I mean, Dominic, uh, and, and thanks for bringing your boy, the top football recruit for 2025. Yeah, I saw that, and I went, wow, are they really just going to take his son and put him in the, the photo as a as like a, a shadow cutout in the background? I went, that's bold. I mean, you, you can't tweet, like, officially about recruits, but they <laughs> – It's about all legal. you can't do right now. That's legal. What they did is legal, and I went, wow, props to Nebraska. That's a good one right there. As a, it's a big, like, red carpet saying, hey, we're welcoming your dad, but let's be honest – we're welcoming you. Uh, that, that's what that tweet was all about. That was I saw that, and I was a little bit surprised at first, and I said, wow, fair play to Nebraska. That's a, that's a good PR move. Well done. 2024, big your part, not 2025, but Dylan's the five-star in, in the mix for being the top player in 2024, and really good year is just a sophomore, eight and four record, 20, uh, I think that 42 touchdowns and just five interceptions. He uh, is transferred uh, from Texas to Chandler High School in Arizona. Uh, Dom and the crew are now in Scottsdale. But it's uh, heavy competition. USC, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, among others, going after. Uh, A new NIL deal to tell you about that will provide millions of dollars to Nebraska athletes. Well, we'll get there before we wrap up Hour 1. Single Barrel is open for you. Come on by, get dinner, get a burger, get a steak, get a beer or a whiskey, watch Tiger as uh, we're here for Spring Game Eve. It's Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery as uh, we're gearing up for the Spring Game here at the Single Barrel inside the graduate here till six tonight so if you can come by and say hi do so if you want to get breakfast tomorrow go for it they uh, they open at seven for breakfast we're here 9 30 to 11 30 ahead of kickoff which will uh, be a pretty good time we'll check in with jeremiah searles part of the network and get his take on the o-line in uh, about 35 minutes tiger woods at plus one birdieing number 14 uh, bill dolman is 
uh, plus one when it comes to bourbon consumption. He'll be with us in about 10 minutes. Uh, that'll be good. So some news here on NIL, and that is your difference maker. That is your game changer for Nebraska football, for Nebraska athletics with the fan base, with the, the financial backing, with the support. And it's going to be a difference maker. Not, I mean, O'Shawn Mathis can go play anywhere, Elijah. Uh, can, can Nebraska outbid Texas for him? Well, Maybe. <laughs> Texas has got oil money. I mean, uh, so whatever. But the point is, is Nebraska going to try uh, and, and try legally? A story out in the World Herald and Journal Star. Husker athletes right now to date have received more than $850,000 in NIL payments and millions more on the horizon. Got that number that dropped in a press release from athlete and marketing LLC, ABM, a company is owned, of course, by John Bruning or Lembrecht as uh, they become the school's unofficial NIL partner. Well, with that release, you also have the debut of a NIL website. That's n100husker.com. That allows businesses and individuals to directly support NIL efforts of Nebraska student-athletes. Members will receive access to exclusive content. Events and interaction with participating student-athletes while businesses may use ABM clients in various marketing campaigns and sponsored events. The clientele is growing all the time, and ABM reported more than 90 Husker student-athletes on board across five different sports. A roster of these participants available at the uh, the, the, the website and uh, lists 15 volleyball players, pretty much the entire program, 68 football players, and uh, that includes, includes a dozen or so football players and about every projected starter. So th- this is Nebraska putting their cards on the table with where they're going, what they can do, and what they want to do, not only for the portal, but also for the high school athletes that are going to be visiting. And you've got that gray area now, too, where you can sure go get high school kids, but if the development isn't as quick as it needs to be, or maybe you miss on a recruit, it used to be JUCO. Well, now it's portal. Let's go shopping in the portal. It'll be interesting to see if there's some portal constraints that come up. That's been a talking point, I know, this week with Coach Gaz, with Coach Leach. And with Coach Barnett, we all spent some time on. We'll see where it goes. But Nebraska planning on a just a river. It's not quite Big Ten TV money, river of money. But, man, it's going to be a lot of money uh, collectively with the state uh, as uh, guys are going to, guys and gals are going to get paid here to, to do their thing in Lincoln. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday inside the Graduate Hotel. Single Barrel is where we are at. The menu item that caught my eye was the tomahawk 
steak for two. But really, you got to take it down yourself. That'd be my advice. That'd be my hope for you. As we invite you down here, we're here till six. Uh, Single Barrel is open for you for a dinner, for uh, a beer. Maybe you're heading to Nebraska baseball. We'll preview Nebraska Rutgers as Tiger is set to tee off right now as he is looking a bit grumpy. That's okay. The tweet of the day is from Shooter McGavin, and he's sending help. And it's the same guy in Happy Gilmore that said he will not make this putt jackass that did the uh, the old Volkswagen drive-by. Uh, somewhere in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, swimming in bourbon, we welcome in the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. A year ago, he was here at, uh, at, at the single barrel. A year ago, we were uh, gearing up for another spring game, but he is at the track making NIL money. Billy D., how are you? I'm doing great, and if there was uh, if, if any place to be this weekend, would obviously would be in Lincoln at the Single Barrel, where I had one of the finest meals that I have ever had. There's no question about that. But when the boys call, you gotta go. So Big Ben and Big Bell and Mike and Mike and me and Beach. Uh, no Big Jim, though. We're thinking about him. But the boys had to go to Kentucky, and uh, we did sip a little bit of bourbon yesterday, and are now watching the ponies run today at Keeneland. Okay, so you're you're betting on the ponies. Any unique names? Is there a triple option or fullback trap? Anything to get you in the mood for the spring game? Absolutely. Osborne won big earlier today for one of the boys in the group. (laughs) And not only that, Osborne, not spelled correctly, but Osborne was a red pony wearing red colors today. And uh, Mike had to go with it and did it and uh, won rather uh, handily with him. So, yes, Osborne was one of the big winners today at Keeneland. I so Osborne ran up the score is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> and he ran it right up the middle, too. Nothing fancy. Just straight up the middle. Fullback trap. I mean, it was a perfect performance for uh, for that two-year-old. Bill Dolman with his sale varsity radio at the single barrel inside the graduate here till 6 tomorrow. Spring game, pregame, 9.30 to 11.30 to get your breakfast buffet going. Billy D, what do you think about tomorrow? Uh, I know you, you're on a dude's trip, which is great. You, you may check out BTN on your phone. But overall, is tomorrow still about on field for you? Or has the attention shifted as, me, as much in your life as you've pumped brakes on recruiting? It's a pretty monster showcase. A hundred kids are in town. Look, I hate recruiting. You all know that, okay? But, you know, I read the the headlines. I've read the stories. I see who's all going to be there. And given the landscape of college football and how important it is and the NILs and all of the things that that are going into the offseason, yeah, it is. It is a significant weekend. It's exciting to see the resumes of the players that they have coming in, all the stars that have been given out and all of that. And, you know, let's, let's face it, 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 it's fun, I think, for everybody who watched Dominic play and dominate the way he did, you know, for, for so many years and then do what he did in the NFL to see his son, who looks exactly like him. Oh, my gosh. I saw a picture of Dylan, and I thought I was looking at, you know, like a grade school picture of Dominic. 
Um, but I think it's, it's significant, uh, not just that he's there, uh, but that there are so many players that have Nebraska on their radar. And I think that part of it has to do with the NIL. I, I think word is out that Nebraska is a place where you can do pretty well for yourself. Casey Thompson has certainly put that out there. But also that'll that'll be proven tomorrow just by the, the energy and the excitement that the fans are going to be in Lincoln. And what I, I read it was 40,000, and I was really surprised at that low of a number for the spring game if it's a great day tomorrow. But all of those things add up one plus one plus one plus one, and you're going to, you know, you're going to get some of those players who are there who are really going to go, wow, this is a great experience. And what they say about Nebraska is true. And if it's this good on this, in a spring day, and then, then why not make the commitment to, you know, to join Nebraska in the fall and hopefully for several falls, you know, but you never know the transfer portal. But yeah, it is a big weekend. There's no question. Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, I mean, you mentioned some of the, the top names that are coming to campus. I don't want to specifically get into the recruits because I know that's not your forte. But I do want to ask, just in general, whenever you look at Nebraska being in the Big Ten and how the results have looked over the past couple of years, do you think it's, it's more important for Nebraska to get a, a difference-making pass rusher such as O'Shawn Mathis? Or do you think it's more important for Nebraska to get a, a difference-making quarterback such as uh, Ryle? And I know the obvious answer would seem to be you got to have a difference maker at quarterback, but we've seen a lot of teams in the Big Ten do just fine with average quarterbacks, so that's why I'm posing the question to you. Well, what happened to the Watson kid from Massachusetts? You know, that's, that's the amazing thing to me with, with recruiting is people get excited. Oh, my gosh, we got to get this one guy, and then they get the one guy, and then it's like, okay, who's the next shiny object, hmm. right? You know, and, and, and they get the Watson commitment, and then two weeks later everybody's talking about, is it Zach Flores from, from Gretna? It's like, well, we got to go get him. It it's is, like, well, yeah. two, weeks ago, two weeks ago you were excited about this kid from Massachusetts because he's the guy that Mark Whipple wanted. But now that you got him, everybody's like, well, we got to get Flores. Well, what if you don't? And does that mean the guy that was the shiny penny, you know, a month ago is not – I, I'm just that's part of what bothers me about the whole recruiting game is you know what's next not as, as opposed to who you got and you know if if Will Watson is as talented as Mark Whipple thinks he is and, and should be for Nebraska then that should be celebrated if Dylan Raiola is the is the guy that Nebraska should get then great you know and I, and I understand that that's a year down the road for another recruiting class but. You know, people just get so enamored by the names that they see in the headlines and think that's the guy that we got to have instead of the one we just got. That's to me, is a huge problem. But who should Nebraska get? Who is the best, who are the best, not the one best, offensive linemen that you can find? To me, uh, quarterback is shiny. Pass rusher is obviously shiny. But until you can consistently get big, nondescript guys along the offensive line, you know, then you're then you're really fighting the uphill battle. But if you can start building offensive lines every year, you're going to win football games. And so those guys may not be sexy, but that's how you win sexy. Bill Dolman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Bill Dolman at the horse track in Lexington, Kentucky. We're here at the single barrel. The common denominator is bourbon, 250 whiskey and bourbons here at uh, the single barrel. We're here till 6, uh, Roadshow Friday. Tiger Woods is eyeing a, another putt to try and maybe get back to even, which is big time. We're assessing the spring game. Bill, touch on a, a little bit here with NIL and just how Nebraska 
Uh, Husker Nation will come together. Husker Nation businesses will come together. They've come together already to the tune of almost a million dollars with uh, several different athletes. But now it's it's really well organized, and uh, there's a great chance to to make it a game changer for Nebraska. I, I like this combination of Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush, uh, not only evaluating talent but also developing talent proven for for decades both have done it but now you factor in a a, for lack of a better term an uncle bill out there where just going to take care of folks and uh that is so so key i know you're old school like me but there's a new normal out there do you think nebraska a the wins need to come i.e seven or better next year to continue uh but do you think nebraska can can get back quicker with talent acquisition because of NIL. That's the hope anyway, right? You know, I, I look at it, and I said this a, a year ago, that Nebraska was ahead of the game. You do not hear anything about NIL with Colorado where I live. You just don't. And you really don't hear much about it with other schools other than really, really prominent places like Texas A&M is obviously going to be better than anybody else because they got a mm-hmm. sugar daddy for everybody or two or three of them. But what I, what I do think, it, I, I kind of view it as Nebraska was pioneering 50 years ago with strength and conditioning, 30-some years ago with, you know, diet and nutrition and Dave Ellis and his great staff, 20-some-plus uh, years ago with Dennis LeBlanc, Keith Zimmer, and what Nebraska started implementing with the total person program and the life skills, you know, things that, that were really ahead of the game. And I'll even, you know, talk about Devaney and women's athletics, if you want to go even far back, you know, with Bob Devaney said, well, this is what we got to do, so we're going to do it, and we're going to be good at it. Uh, and I look at the NIL and Nebraska's position in it, Nebraska's early commitment to it and making sure that there were businesses around it and partnering with uh, those outside companies because the school can't do it itself. But you can certainly find those, inst- those, those companies like Open Doors or ABM that ha- have a good plan in place and can say, look, you're not going to you know, tap into an oil rig like you can on, down in College Station, Texas. Okay, let's, let's be reasonable here. But we are reasonably far ahead of everybody else in how we're implementing this. And at Nebraska, within these borders, you're going to do quite well. You step across the border and go to Iowa, Kansas, South Dakota, some people may not know who you are. But when you are here and you are the red, people will do whatever they can to support you. And that's why I think Nebraska is going to be more successful than 90% of the schools out there, not named Texas A&M. Mm. Um, but I, I really do. I think Nebraska's positioned in a way to implement it the way it did with all of those others, all their pillars of a program uh, besides what takes place on the field and the X's and the O's. So I look at NIL like strength and conditioning, diet, nutrition, life skills and all that, and Nebraska's positioned well to do well. Bill, a thought on the uh, the quarterbacks tomorrow. Casey Thompson on a lot of our radar, obviously, but I think it could be a pretty big day for Harburg tomorrow. I think it could be a nice day for Smothers. Uh, you know that Purdy's coming back from injury and Torres also slowly coming back. What's your take on what you want to see from the quarterbacks tomorrow? Well, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Logan Smothers because he, he is he's 
committed to Nebraska. He stuck it out, and he's welcomed the competition in. And Nebraska goes out and get two, gets two out of the transfer portal. But I, so I, I really hope he does well. And I thought he accorded himself well when he got the chance in the last game of the year uh, last season. But I think all eyes are going to be on on Casey Thompson. There's no question about it. And he's he's done. I think to me from afar, in reading and watching and listening to him talk, I think he's done everything well. Uh, to put him in a position to prove his leadership and prove that he can be a difference maker for Nebraska and, dare I say, an upgrade from what they've had the last couple of years. You know, Martinez has been hurt, but I think that there's a dynamic to Casey Thompson's game that we may not see it fully on display tomorrow, but I think he has done so many things right. Maybe that comes from his pedigree and having, you know, his, his dad been in the spotlight when he was at Oklahoma and understanding what Nebraska is probably about from afar. But I, I, I look for him to have a, a, a really good, you know, shining moment when he's in there tomorrow and give people a lot of hope for the future. But, you know, I hope Harburg does well, and I hope that uh, – I do. I hope Logan Smothers uh, does well because I just respect the way he has, you know, accorded himself at Nebraska. And if he stays there the whole time, great. And if he ends up in the transfer portal, I get it. But, you know, for the most part, he has done, I think, accorded himself incredibly well. Bill, a thought here with the the harsh reality of Will Smith's 10-year ban from the Oscars. Are you shocked (laughs) at the length of the ban? Or are you you more shocked that Notre Dame will still be paying Charlie Weiss in 10 years? (laughs) I thought they might take that trophy away. I thought the meme was funny that uh, they they gave him a statue of his his wife. I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, 10 years, will the Oscars even be around to be on television in 10 years anyway? Kind of like the NCAA. Is the NCAA going to be around? Will Charlie be around? Uh, well, Charlie's going to collect a check for a while, but but will the NCAA be around long enough to ever implement a penalty on Kansas basketball? Uh, I, I was telling my buddy Ben the other day. I'm I, I, I feel I feel I feel sorry for the guy who follows Bill Self because when he relieves in ten years, he's going to have that NCAA investigation hanging over his head. <laughs> Bill, last thought here as uh, we got about a minute left here before we got before we got to say goodbye, and I, I just want to ask with, with this. Spring game format looking a little bit different tomorrow. It's going to be offense versus defense. Obviously, you're going to bank the the offense to go win that one. Not sure what the spread is at, but you got to expect it's going to be pretty elevated. So I, I want to ask you here: Does the defense even get on the board? Do we get any kind of defensive touchdown or, or special teams touchdown in the spring game tomorrow, or is that just straight out? We should just expect only points in the offense. Uh, I think this is just more of the examples that the spring game is all for show and a nice day for the fans to come out and watch people in scarlet and cream and hit the pads a little bit and I'm sure there will be some type of metric that'll allow Eric Shenander's guys to put a couple of points on the board in some way shape or another. I I have a feeling this is going to be a gimmick filled fun afternoon for Nebraska football fans and I keep seeing postings online of all of the alums are going to be coming back and having fun too. So it's going to be a great day and I'm sure there will be be one way or another that the Blacks put some points on the board and maybe it's because Christian Peters back in town he just goes takes the football and runs it into the end zone and spikes it and says there that's seven for us yeah no one's going to stop him that's pretty good <laughs> Bill enjoy I, Kentucky give him the points he deserved from the from the uh, uh, Fiesta Bowl back in 95 Remember the old two point conversion yeah yeah he had it, the, the old strip sack. Bill, enjoy Kentucky, but thanks for taking time today. 
All right, we'll talk to you again. Go Big Red. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio, spring game eve down here at the single barrel inside the graduate, uh, doing daddy daycare and watching a little golf. We say hi to uh, standout Husker and NFLer Jeremiah Searles. Searles, did you get the urge today to go swing the clubs in this wind? I did, actually. I got. I was just telling my wife I got the itch to go play a little golf. I think me and Quali are going to go play on Tuesday. That'll. Do you guys bet one another, or is it just friendly? This will be my first match of the year, so there will be no money exchanging hands on this trip, except for maybe a couple beers. <laughs> Okay, well, that, that works out well. That works out well. Well, I got to ask you here, what do you think of the altered format here, offense versus defense? You know, I'm okay with it. I think that our numbers are a little light in some positions, and that makes it tough to field two full teams and get a full game in. So I think this is the best way to get, again, it's even though it's a spring game, it's still a practice, right? I mean, it's still a chance to get better, still a chance to work on some things. And I think this format gives everything a little bit better of a chance. So, I'm all right with say get a chance to see some good on good of ones v ones and two v twos, and then you really get to see some of the future Huskers in that second half to see kind of who's the next up and comer. Searles, you man in the sidelines tomorrow? I am. I will be down there on the offensive sideline. I told Jessica she can take the defense. Are you <laughs> are you uh, planning on a hat with the windy conditions, or are you just going to let the uh, the locks flow? I haven't decided yet. If I have a hat, it's most likely going to have to be backwards. But I might just, I might just go the old comb over around it. Just get a nice haircut down there, down a straight edge downtown. So they got the hair all combed up, ready to go for sure. Sunglasses. The, de- the debate is: is it long sleeve weather or is it polo weather? It's pretty up in the air. Well, last time we talked, you were sitting out back. It was mid fifties, and you were in your bro tank, showing off the tattoo for the neighborhood. So. Uh, I'm guessing about 57 degrees for kickoff, so you you better kind of man up and go sleeveless is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. You know, the wind just beats you up, man. I'm watching the Masters. I'm watching this wind just beat the crap out of these poor guys trying to swing a golf club. And I feel like it's been an extra windy spring, but hopefully it'll die down soon. I know it won't, but I just keep saying that. <laughs> Searles, uh, want to get your thoughts on the offensive line. What what has been your pulse on either what you've seen or what you've heard with how that unit has worked this spring with Coach Don? Yeah, you know, I've heard I've heard Coach Rail has done a great job. I mean, I talked to multiple people in the program. And the offensive line's been super aggressive, running off the football, trying to create dents in the defensive line, and moving the downs into the linebackers. And so that's all great, and that's all great news. But, you know, we still have to come out and execute. I think he's still missing a few pieces. You know, Teddy Prohaska is still not back from that ACL. Turner still isn't practicing. So I still think he's been able to put together a good spring and good opportunities for some of these young guys like Kevin Williams and Ethan Piper and guys that get really meaningful reps, right? And you got to replace Cam Jurgens at center position there, so who's kind of made strides in that? You know, I think there's a lot of question marks about the offensive line going to spring, and we're not going to leave spring with all of them answered. You know, but I hope that they laid a really good foundation for a lot to move into uh, training camp and the summer conditioning program. And hopefully, come August, you'll see things starting to take a little bit more shape. 
bigger question mark is it the offensive line or is it the defensive line both have lost key pieces you know, I think the defensive line, honestly, is the bigger question mark, right? I mean, when you talk about the offensive line, they were struggling last year. They were a struggling unit. So you're really hoping for some improvement there. But you don't flip it to the defensive line, and that was a strength of this football team. I mean, Daniels and Stilly and Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers and DeAndre Thomas. And now you're talking about three of those guys being gone. And it's not as much the, what's the next breed, right? You know you have Casey Rogers. You know you have Ty Robinson. Nash Hutchman got some good playing time last year, but it's who's behind those guys, right? Like, it's inevitable. Someone's going to get dinged or nicked along the way, and you have to have somebody that can step in and not have a huge drop-off in performance. So, you know, the real question is going to be, what are those young guys that are taking those steps through winter conditioning and spring ball and gone from kind of a role player to more of a contributor there? You can ask 40 to 50 snaps out of a game from someone like that. And right now the question mark is not – it is not. It's who, right? Who's that going to be? And I don't have an answer. I hope tomorrow maybe get a chance to watch some guys and they pop off tape and pop off the screen and go, okay, that guy made big steps and can help us win games next year. So when you talk about that, that impact maker along the defensive line, how important do you think an addition like O'Shawn Mathis would be to this team? He's going to be in town tomorrow visiting this spring game. Just a, a guy who can generate pressure by himself off the edge. Obviously, every defense could use one, uh, but how big is Nebraska's needs for that? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I was on Sports Nightly this week talking about how we need more sacks, right? I mean, no one is no one's going to be surprised by the fact that Eric Schnander is going to stand up front and go, yeah, we got to get to the quarterback more. But majority of our pressures, majority of our sacks last year came off of scheme pressures, off of blitzes coming JoJo off the corner or Dismute coming or Cam Taylor Britt or one of these corners and scheming up ways to get to the quarterback versus a guy. We need someone like Garrett Nelson or Caleb Tanner to take a huge jump in their pass rushing ability and say, hey, if we rush four, I'm either A, going to create pressure to affect the throw, I'm going to get to his feet, or I'm going to get a sack, or I'm going to get him out of the pocket, or something, because too often last year I watched quarterbacks just kind of sit in that backfield and just kind of sit in that pocket and get comfortable. And we had a good secondary last year, and he was, people were still able to deliver the football a little too easily, in my opinion. Jeremiah Searles with his Husker standout NFL or sideline man for Nebraska football at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles back to the offensive line. Uh, a guy like Ben Hart, a guy like Bando, a guy like Anthony Anubi, uh, Lutovsky's uh, a name that we hear a lot about. Ballpark, what, what the unit you think can be. Uh, and, and I know we're, we're missing couple of guys that you know nebraska fans want to see tomorrow that said it's opportunity for other guys you know ty robinson this week talked about 400 reps this spring that's huge well it it wasn't 400 reps per se even hickson and piper battling for that center spot how good of a developmental period can this spring be for the next guys up uh, on that line to plug in uh, and then how far away do you think some of these guys are what, what what's the talent level like you know that's a great question Smitty that's, I think that's a question that everyone's wondering you know I look at some of the guys that are battle hardened vets on the offensive side of the ball especially on the offensive line and there's really not a lot of them right even Nuri didn't start an entire year last year you graduate Jurgens. Ben Hart's now a two-year starter, but he had his struggles last year. So you're talking about guys that are, are battle-ready and they've been through tested, but they haven't played really great all the time, right? Nuri kind of grew into a pretty good guard. 
I'd like to see where his level of game has jumped up, even because he is still so young and just his football playing. You know, but then you look at Henry Zatoski, whose physical ceiling is through the roof. Same with Ted Prohaskis. But, you know, Henry's a guy that you hear nothing but great things about how he's a brute and he gets after people, but how quickly has he picked up the offense, right? Now it's not he's going into year two with the same offense. Everyone kind of had to start from the same playing field this spring of putting in a brand-new offense, you know. So how far did he get into the playbook? How well was he able to retain? How quickly can he take it from the meeting room to the practice field? And now you're going to take it from the practice field to I know it's not a game, but it's a game-like scenario, right? So that's what I'm looking at from a lot of these young guys as far as the development piece, not just physically but mentally as well. What do you anticipate with the Whipple offense, not just tomorrow but but long-term? You know, I do anticipate a little bit more under center, uh, probably a little bit more downhill run game after watching Pittsburgh a little bit this year and going back through and studying some of Pitt's tape and watching what they did with the quarterback position and delivering the football timing, passing. You know, I think it's going to be kind of a little bit of a blend of the West Coast and the Scott Frost spread it out. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll keep guys on their toes, but. I mean, it doesn't really matter what they scheme up. It's going to be really about the 11 guys going out there on offense and executing it all to perfection. Was there a difference maker? Is there a difference maker at running back, or is that still TBA for you? Do you think one of the guys that's been here or the newcomers can take that mantle? I'm sure there'll be a rotation, but is, I'm not asking the, the next Amir to raise their hand, but you guys had Amir and Rex and Roy, uh, three NFL dudes, uh, is there somebody like that that can be on this roster? Is, have they recruited well enough to get a game-breaker at back? You know, I, I hope so. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Anthony Grant um, coming out. I heard he's done some really nice work coming as more of a power back. Uh, I'm really hoping my, my number one guy I'm cheering for is Ramir Johnson, strictly off of the way that he battled through all that stuff that went on last year, being like fourth on the depth chart and coming back to where if he wasn't in the game, our run game was basically nothing, right? So really pushing for him to have a really strong performance tomorrow. But also, we're missing Gabe Irvin. He probably won't be out there tomorrow. Excited to see what he can bring to it. So I think there's a few people in that room that are close to taking that next step and separating themselves from the rest of the pack. But we really, unfortunately, probably won't get to see that until come fall camp and early in the season next year. Casey Thompson does what for this offense, what for this football team? You know, I can't wait to watch him sling it. I think he brings a little bit of attitude and toughness to this offense specifically. I think he walks around a little bit of moxie. Not saying Adrian didn't, but you know, Adrian was just a great guy. I don't know if he had a little bit of that, can have a little bit of that weird nastiness to you to be a true competitor. You know, I think that, I think hearing stuff, Casey Thompson has that. And that's great. It's good for an attitude, uh, attitude just, right? When you have everything kind of brand new, it's good to shake things up the positional leader too. But I do know he can sling the thing. I did not realize how short he was, but, you know, that's okay. Not everyone has to be 6'5". But, you know, I think that he's going to be kind of a, a – maybe I'm hoping he's a little bit of a – if I had to compare him to someone, you know, the little running quarterback that they have out there in Murray in Arizona, right? Hope he can bring okay. a little bit of that magic in. So there's about 90 seconds left here. And, uh, I mean, who do you think is going to be the guy that after the spring game's done with, everyone's going to be talking about? Last year it was Yant. A couple years back during uh, Adrian's first spring, it was Adrian Martinez the guy everyone was talking about. Who's the guy that, that is going to be the guy we're going to be talking about on the radio show next week saying, wow, that guy had a great spring game? 
good, bad, or ugly, it's going to be Casey Thompson. I mean, it doesn't matter if he goes out there and throws five touchdowns or he goes out there and throws five picks. I think that is the focal point that everyone will be looking at tomorrow because he is brand new. He's the bright, shiny object, and he's supposed to become the next coming and take us to a conference championship. Or at least that's the, the narrative at the moment, right? So I think we'll all be talking about Casey Thompson's performance for the next till probably we all head to Ireland here in a few months. <laughs> Searles, you know Ireland, the first round's on you. Oh, there's no doubt. We'll find some Irish pub somewhere. Just a few. Spring game memory, uh, you, you were there for, for Jack's run and also a proposal. This uh, weekend yeah, special I mean, to you? It is. It's a special weekend. I mean, I remember my first time as a freshman running out there and a chance to play in front of Husker Nation for really the true first time. And then uh, full circle with Team Jack to proposing to my wife. I mean, spring football is a fun time. A lot of fun memories for me. And I'm excited to be back in the full Memorial Stadium tomorrow. Jeremiah Searles. Searles, be good. Have a great weekend. We'll see you at the stadium. Absolutely. Sounds good. Go Big Red. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio back with you here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate uh, Roadshow Friday. Uh, come on down for dinner tonight. Steaks, beers, and... Uh, They've got a great pork chop on the menu as well. Plenty of bourbon and whiskey to choose from. And watching the Masters right now is Tiger trying to keep doing work. Tied for 19th at plus one. As uh, Scheffler has been incredible today. As uh, he is your leader at minus seven. Uh, I think it's Neiman at minus five. There's your top two uh, at Augusta. Tomorrow, 9.30 to 11.30, the spring game pregame. Myself, Mark Cranach, here at the Single Barrel. Come see us. Their breakfast is incredible. And uh, can email us. We'll dive into who we're looking out for tomorrow, who's going to star in the spring game. And I'm going to throw out it's going to be Husker Nation because I think Husker Nation will make – a bigger impact. Casey will be fine. I think Harburg will be okay. I think Trey Palmer will wow. I think you'll see some some better play by the offensive line. All that's great, but I think it's going to be Husker Nation that makes the impact, Elijah, when it comes to Nebraska and future prospects, be it a, uh, a Mathis or a Dylan Riola or, you know, some of the other hundred – 100 prospects that are going to be on on hand between 2023, 2024, and even 2025. So uh, the crowd will be loud and proud. I don't know that you're going to get to 80,000 or 70,000 or, or even 60. You you could flirt with 50 uh, for sure, 55 maybe. But uh, it'll be Nebraska and the, the Husker Nation that will wow the uh, the contingent tomorrow. That is my prediction. That's your winner for Saturday. Yeah, and uh... – just side note here, Scotty Shelf, you mentioned how well he's playing. He just dropped another dart on 14 or 15. I can't remember which hole he's on, but in- incredible stuff from him. But, yeah, uh, I want to get your take on this. Is it more important how Nebraska looks on the field tomorrow or how important they look off the field for those recruits that are in town? I, I guess the heart of the question is, is, is the, the performance tomorrow more or less important than the guys that Nebraska is trying to wow, the, the guys Nebraska is trying to bring in? 
you know, it just it varies with the personality. Great question. You, you know, are you going after a a a a, a kid that or a portal guy that is? See, the portal guys to me, they've been through the process. They've moved on. So now it's about fit and what can you do for me for the next level. And, and I think, you know, Kaz outlined it perfectly with, all right, Dawson's an NFL guy. You look at the numbers that Dawson helped put up with the New York Giants when he was there. They, they, had, uh, they weren't Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks numbers, and few are, but, but you had really good numbers from the outside linebackers uh, from Dawson's crew. Dawson's extremely respected. He's hard-nosed. He can make you better. And you're going to be going up against the best linemen uh, in in the country that will be future NFL picks when you look at the Wisconsins and Iowas and Ohio States and Minnesotas and, you know, someday again Nebraskas when it comes to putting guys into the league. I mean, there's so much there for you. Not that the SEC doesn't, but it's it's better than the Big 12 if you're going to, if you're going to look at Texas – or, or TCU or, or Texas versus Nebraska or USC. I mean, where are you going to go, right? And to me, it's between Texas and Nebraska with Texas in the lead because it's home, right? So I think the reality is it just varies. Are you getting a high school kid that wants to be wined and dined and wowed and, and told how good he is until he gets on campus and gets de-recruited? It just varies. I think the, the best part here is is from an evaluation standpoint, I think a guy like Bill Bush and a guy like Mickey Joseph will be able to see talent where it's three-star or five-star, doesn't matter. I think they're going to be able to really connect with these prospects. I think that's, that's the ultimate game changer for me. I think a guy like Applewhite is going to continue to mine Texas for the first time in a long time for Nebraska and get some guys. I mean – it, it depends on what they do on Saturdays. They got to start winning ball games on Saturdays, and then a lot of things take care of themselves. But at this point in Husker history, right now, uh, it, it is it's different. A portal guy, if he connects with the coach and sees the opportunity and upside in the conference, then it's going to be a, a no-brainer. Uh, if it's a high school kid or a prospect that's got a couple of years. Um, you know what, they, they got to get the fluff, the pomp, the circumstance, the love from the fans to get him here and fall in love with it. So I think it varies. Did, did I answer that? Yeah, and I think you made an interesting point there, especially when it comes to, to O'Shawn Mathis, is just how the Big Ten, I know we need to get to baseball here in just a second, but how the no, Big Ten has been churning out pass rusher after pass rusher. You said they had the, the best offensive line in the year, country from the Big gonna, Tens, but yeah, you're looking at, I mean, dating back, you got J.J. Watt, uh, uh, is it T.J. Watt? Then you have uh, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa. This year alone, you have Karloftis, Ojabo, Hutchinson. Uh, you have Chase Young a couple years ago from Ohio State. Just like the, the premier pass rushers well, of the NFL, the guys who are projected to be the guys that are starting on Sunday for well, 10 boy, years boy, are the Big Ten. Don't, for, don't forget Mafe oh, from, yeah. from Minnesota. Don't forget the Michigan State kids. I mean, you've had a slew of Michigan State defensive linemen. Uh, so it's been good on good. And, and that is a monster sales pitch. Uh, Nebraska needs Husker baseball. How how interesting is it that it's deja vu for Husker baseball? They had their come to Jesus last year against Rutgers. They kind of rolling along, swimming along, and Rutgers sweeps them. And Will Bolt throws down the gauntlet, calls out his guys. They finish twelve and two, win the Big Ten in league only, and 
they they have a really good season with momentum and they do you proud in Arkansas. Well, right now you're still trying to fight for uh, a top spot in Big Ten action. You just got whacked by UNO again. You lose a, a really good young prospect in Jackson Jelkin uh, as he is removed from the team. But now it is Nebraska. I mean, they're facing the top pitcher tonight for Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers' offense is good. The Scarlet Knights are 22-6. and six. They are uh, in the thick of it as Tiger has his hat off. He needs to put his hat back on. Just shave it, bro. Uh, he is plus one uh, as he was able to par on 18 to finish out. Sorry to jump from, from baseball to golf. But Nebraska needs to go two for three this weekend. Uh, Nebraska needs to get on track offensively. They need to pitch better. And they need to take care of some business with timely hits. But this is your this is your pivot point series. Okay. This is your weekend like it was last year against Rutgers. Because guess what, brother? You're gonna get two ga- two teams, and that's it from the Big Ten as we look at it right now into the NCAA tournament. Your second place team and whoever wins uh, in Omaha. Okay. So if that turns out to be your, your regular season conference champ and a different team in Omaha for the Big Big Ten tournament, so be it. But you're going to have to really stretch to get three. And Nebraska is not hosting. Nebraska is not postseason material right now. Not that they can't get there, but they've got work to do. And it starts tonight at 630 at Haymarket against a team that is going to help you out. And, and dare I say, if Nebraska loses this series, it might be, I don't it's, it's early to call it nail in the coffin for, for postseason NCAA tournament hopes, but it, it no, would be pretty close. I think Nebraska still could put a run together in Omaha, okay? Because you can go conference tournament. We'll wind down to single barrel Friday next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. It's always nice to have our friends like Will Bauer checking on the well-being of one Elijah Herbal still stuck in studio. Uh... <laughs> As we're down here at the Single Barrel, great setup. I tell you what, they have the uh, the top golf golf simulators. Those are awesome. We are watching the Masters now. They got a few TVs fanned out that are just well placed, which means you can enjoy a uh, a bone in ribeye, an incredible sides, and a whiskey, and watch golf while the wind blows outside and at Augusta. Uh, we are down here 9.30 to 11.30 tomorrow for the spring game pregame uh, road show Saturday morning weekend edition. It's been a fun road show today with Hale Varsity here at the Single Barrel. And uh, we'll see how the, the buzz and the momentum and the, uh, the hype, dare I say, is, um, is cranked up. Because it's going to jump a few notches for fans after Saturday. It's kind of ho-hum right now. The momentum and excitement right now is about recruiting, but you can get get geared up about um, how your football team looks. Uh, you can take a lot of positives. The positives I've taken, Elijah, you've got some some transfers that are super confident and not annoyingly so. 
They're just confident football players. Tommy Hill, kid out of Arizona State. Uh, Trey Palmer, for sure. And you've got kind of a, a more reserved leader that does have some swag in Casey Thompson. And you've got a guy that's got a new lease on on football life, and in, in you have Anthony Grant. Those are all some great stories. Uh, the, the substance, the meat, since we are talking Incredible Steakhouse with Single Barrel, has got to come from the lines of scrimmage, and that is going to be a work in progress. You know it, and I know that that's not an instant microwave thing. But the good news is, is Ty Robinson's gotten 400 extra reps. So's so's the so's his buddies that that are behind him. So are some of the guys that, you know what, you recruited for a reason. They're really talented, and uh, you're kind of waiting on on them to uh, slide in. That's Nash. That's uh, that's Weaver, that's Buckley, that's Black, Colton Feast. I mean, so you've got some bodies and some dudes. As Tiger finishes at plus one, par on 18. So it'll be okay. You just can't you can't have injuries. This thing's going to be uh, in and out by by two hours. And uh, you got a slim down Yant that's fired up to run the football. That's okay. So a lot to look forward to. You walk away impressed by who tomorrow elijah oh that's a good question i think anthony grant anthony grant is the guy where i'm not sure there's going to be all that much uh for him to do in the game tomorrow i'm not expecting him to get like 20 25 carries maybe in the 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 10-ish range but he's a guy that all accounts out of spring practice are that he's explosive whenever he hits the gap uh it's going to be a big gain uh, if if the offense line blocks well for him so he's the guy i'm circling as a guy i think should be performing well and probably is going to be a guy this fall is going to be competing for the, the number one reps with Ramir Johnson. No, he will. Ramir's nice. And then you get a you get a football-shaped yant that can thump away and then also make a miss. And don't worry, we'll uh, do it all again tomorrow morning, 9.30, here from the single barrel. We'll get you some breakfast. We'll get you a red beer. And uh, we'll kick off the, uh, the defense versus the offense. Big thanks to Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to Jeremiah Searles, Jay Moore, Bill Dolman. Talk to you tomorrow at 9.30, weekend edition at the Single Barrel with Hale Varsity.